Hello, and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to mourn a major character death every episode, even though it probably should be. Today, we are reviewing HBO's The Last of Us with episode 5, Endure and Survive. We also want to give a big content warning for discussions of suicide this episode. In this episode, we meet Sam and Henry and come to understand that Henry, who turned in the leader of KC's resistance movement, Michael, to get medicine for Sam's leukemia, is now being hunted by them. Henry and Sam team up with Joel and Allie to escape Kansas City, only for Michael's sister, Kathleen, to track them to the outskirts. There, the Freedom Fighters' violence triggers an onslaught of infected who take down the fighters. The four escape, only for us to learn that Sam has become infected in the process. Ellie attempts to heal Sam with her blood, only to awake the next morning and find Sam infected. As infected Sam attacks Ellie, Henry shoots and kills him. His sense of having just killed his brother and the nothingness that consumes him in this wake leaves him feeling that he has nothing to live for and he kills himself very quickly after. Joel buries him and he and Ellie continue their journey to Wyoming. I'm Caitlin, and colon left parenthesis. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good way to describe it, <laughs> describe the feeling. Um, it's been a couple of days and it still hurts. Yeah, it's definitely not something that I think you you just, like, get over. I mean, no. Like, like, you don't turn off the TV and go, well, that was fun, you know? <laughs> we were supposed to record this episode, like, right after the episode, and I texted Emberlin and I said I'm so glad we're not recording tonight I can't do it yeah I was talking to a friend about this and it really does feel very strange to like literally mourn a major character death every episode yeah. and I say major characters like maybe some people would argue they're one-off characters but they each have very complex backstories to the yeah. point where I do consider the major characters you know um you get so attached it, so quickly <laughs> It's so highly unusual for it's like every episode is just like who's gonna die today. It's like <laughs> yeah, just call this like the, the, I don't even know if the last of us is adequate. I feel like it should be like there's no more of us. Yeah, there's no, no more, more of us. us. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs> the who's gonna make it this week? <laughs> yeah, who is gonna make it? You think by episode five we would we would uh, get used to this by now? But no. Yeah, it just gets it just gets consistently worse yep. um i'm emberlin and i have endured and survived this week yeah you did proud yeah. of you i had i had horrible food poisoning from a wegmans rotisserie chicken and i love like i'm wrong i love wegmans if y'all are looking for a brand deal pull up but <laughs> uh you gotta not sponsored but we could be by wegmans you gotta not yeah you gotta you gotta like cool it with the rotisserie chicken because that, that thing that thing really t- destroyed me this week um i'm lucky to be alive truly like it literally it lasted so long like i felt like i was unwell i almost fainted in anthropology that, <laughs> no. like, that is how bad it is um caitlin yeah uh wah, you know like wah, <laughs> wah. that's all like this has like been a very W-A-A-A-A-A. intense episode A-A-A-A. wow uh was what hooked you a little bit predictable but Henry and Sam, and just getting to see a little bit more about them and how uh, their story was aligning with Joel and Ellie's entrance. I was glad we didn't get, like, a full backstory, like, a full episode, although I think I would have loved that, too, because (laughs) I just eat this up. But it was cool to see a little bit of where they were at at the same time that Joel and Ellie were getting to Kansas City and um, what they were doing just before their stories crossed paths. Like, I loved getting Henry's point of view of Joel fighting off the people 
um, just yeah. directly after the car crash. I thought that was really cool. A detail that I really liked about that scene that I just noticed today <laughs> when someone pointed it out on like Tumblr or something is when he's looking out the window, the, there's like an orange like storefront across that's like reflecting in the window and it's like the orange is like going right across his eyes to kind of like reflect like the mask like the little hero mask that he paints on sam which i thought is mm. like such a cool detail <laughs> very cool detail yeah yeah we'll hook to you so i think i agree with you i think like it's nice that we get to start the show from sam and henry's perspective and get to see what they've been through mm-hmm. i also like that that's kind of as far back as things typically go in this show like we learn a little bit about what a person's life was like before they met Joel and Allie. Yeah. Um, but we don't really know who they were before the outbreak. Um, mm-hmm. which is nice because this isn't really a show about that. But I would actually give anything to know who Kathleen was. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wanna know. Anything. Because she just gives me such rogue teacher vibes in like the worst way. Like <laughs> you know, like she just gives me like, Okay, okay, friend, come here. Let's have a conversation, you know? Like Maybe like, that's why she's so horribly apathetic to children. Like, why? Mm-hmm. How could she possibly? Like, like one of those she, teachers you know? who hates kids and you wonder why you ever became a teacher for kids in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Or just, like, somebody who's just been so wronged by the education system, maybe, that they're just like, wow, an apocalypse. This is not even the worst thing that happened to me today at school. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But I love that. And then I love that we're starting to, I like right from the beginning, we start to get this under, we, we start to understand that like Henry and Sam are kind of mirrors of Joel and Ellie. Yeah. Um, that scene in the beginning where they're all sitting around the lantern and there's like kind of a mirror effect because of that. I was just like, Wee! because I I oh, just yeah. loved how that kind of ties into this episode and how it, it, per- it furthers Joel and Ellie's relationship later in the episode. Yeah. So I kind of figured that's where it was going when we started. And I did go there, but it was just a great hook for me to be like, okay, I hope this is the direction that I think it's going to end up going in. Yeah, you know? that, um, I like how you said how the lantern scene created a mirror effect. That's a really good, really good detail there. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you have a favorite quote from this episode? Oh, I love, I love when um, Henry and Sam, they're cornering Joel and Ellie in this building after they've been asleep at night when they first meet. And um, Henry is kind of, like, concerned about the way Joel's answering him when it comes to him kind of, like, negotiating. Like the tone of voice, and, yeah. yeah. Ellie goes, that's just the way he sounds. He has an asshole voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, like, so funny. <laughs> and then, oh, obviously, it, I don't know if it's the quote that gets me, but just the scene. But when Henry refers to Ellie as being his daughter or mm-hmm. or was maybe Joel being referred to as Ellie's father yeah and they kind of in sync go oh he's not my dad I'm not her dad you know yeah, I'm like dad. that's exactly what you say when you're someone's dad exactly <laughs> come on don't deny yeah. it I love that um there were other things but those were the things that really really stuck out to me mm-hmm. I this was just oh actually okay when Oh my god, I don't even want to talk about this yet. Mm. It feels weird to get this deep in the episode so quickly, but yeah. when when uh, Sam and Ellie are sitting on the bed and they're writing back and forth on his sketch pad, mm-hmm. um, and he asks, if you turn into a monster, it's, is it still you inside? Mm. Because this was before we even knew what happened to Sam. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, profound. And then <laughs> we found out, and I was like, ah! <laughs> So, really great. Um, What were your favorite quotes from this episode? Well, to go off of your uh, favorite quote of, he has an asshole voice, I really liked that Ellie's like, Joel, tell him he's okay. And (laughs) Joel just goes, 
everything is great. <laughs> and like that same monotone voice and she just goes dude <laughs> like, I just love that so much like he didn't even try <laughs> like, yeah everything is great like he's so over it I also love uh after they uh like they shared some food together the four of them and Joel looks at Henry and goes you ate we didn't kill each other I call this a win-win and move on like he's, he's yeah. ready to go uh this wasn't a line but I really liked uh, when they're all hiding out under the tunnels and Sam and Ellie are like laughing and playing together. You see Joel look down at his watch after he looks at them and then he then apologizes to Henry about like calling him a rat because then he's like, you know, if um, you're doing this to protect him, like I totally get it and I didn't know your situation, so I'm sorry. Um, So I just really like that whole detail of Mm -hmm. the watch and I'm really normal about it. And then finally, I really liked, again, I don't want to get into it yet either, but it's at the very end after Sam turns and Henry looks at Joel and just says, what did I do? Like he like blames himself for it. And it hurts so much worse because in the game, he he tells Joel, this is your fault. And that Mm -hmm. change just, it made it so much worse, which is like the writing is incredible, but at what cost? There is so much in like thought going into each person, each character, like their dialogue in the show. I feel like like yeah. they're taking the games and they're they're going, okay, what would this person say on our show? And I love yeah, that question. It's... I know I, I think it's a question. Yeah, you probably obviously ask, but yeah, um, if you were making a show, but I, you know, I just like that. There's so much intention. It's amazing. It's amazing. Some of the dialogue choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That one hurts. Um, yeah. Vish wasn't ever watching that together, and we just, like, both of our jaws just dropped. We both, like, looked at each other. Like, we were both, like, crying, like, immediately. Yeah. Like, the yeah. moment that happened. It was horrible. To turn the tide in a more positive direction, uh-huh. we both start crying. Caitlin, what song is going to be number one on your bloater thirst trap playlist? <laughs> I'm sensitive now. <laughs> I love it, though. It's so good. In honor of Rihanna performing at the Super Bowl halftime ah. show... Um, I'm saying this on a Sunday morning before it all happens. Disturbia by Rihanna. Ugh! Because it's a disease of the mind. It can control you. <laughs> it sure can. So, it sure can. It just, it feels right. I think right. that was the second. No, I think that was the second album I ever bought. Like, ever. Really? Yeah, and I used to, like, I didn't have, like, like I had a, I think I had a D- CD player, but that, we were kind of past that point in yeah. society, but I hadn't moved on to my Nano yet, mm-hmm. so I would just, like, blast that on my desktop computer while I was playing my Barbie games, <laughs> it's like, a good one. you know? <laughs> it's, like, such a, it's such a sleigh. Also, the bloater, so sleigh. I don't so care what anybody slay. says. <laughs> sleigh. Like, that's, the moment he came out, I was, like, mm, sleigh. Like, he literally had a strut to his hip, not gonna lie. <laughs> he came, he came, he saw, he conquered. Oh my he god. Ate it I, up. Yeah. I said Alien Superstar by Beyonce. <laughs> Perfect. I was like, yeah, like he's I want like a drag bloater. <laughs> like at a show. Like I wanna go to a show. I wanna go to like drag brunch and like see see a, a bloater. Like I want, I want the Last of Us theme that goes right into like Disturbia. I want that. There's like, gotta be someone out there who's gonna do it. I want that. Somebody <laughs> out there in the drag community, please heed heed my my begging my and make that happen. <laughs> so in this episode, Ellie and Sam find comic books that they both read, but they don't have all of the additions to. Like they don't have all of the books within the series to. Uh, what book series yeah. would you hate to have missing copies of in the apocalypse? This was so hard for me. I think your answer is really good because um, <laughs> I think that's probably the closest thing I can think of. Because I'm not uh-huh. really a like, 
there's just not a lot of book series in my life that have really like wiggled my wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, and this isn't like a series, but if the world just suddenly ran out of copies of Becoming by Michelle Obama and like all the other copies <laughs> were magically eradicated by lasers, I'd probably go with them. I'd be like, take me too. <laughs> like, I think that really ruined my life. Like, I don't, I don't think a lot of us would be like really like slaying the way we are right now. Yeah, so I would really be worried. How about you? You're, you had a great answer. I think 13-year-old me would go absolutely insane, and much like you going uh, with Becoming by Michelle Obama, I'd just need to like, be ended. If I read the end of Catching Fire and then didn't have a copy of Mockingjay to find out what happened next, mm, like, yeah, that... Catching Fire ends with the quote, and if you haven't somehow read it or know what's going on with this book... That's really on you. <laughs> that's on you, because the very last line I'm in Catching Fire is Katniss, there is no District 12. And I remember reading that going, what the heck? <laughs> like being so like insane. I'm like, and that's the end? And I was, I remember I was at my grandma's house, and I, I yelled, and she's like, you good? And I like slammed the book. I was like, grandma, here's what just happened in this book I just read. <laughs> and I like said it all yeah. to her. And I just remember like needing to like go to the library like ASAP. <laughs> like, I need to get this yeah. book. So if like if I read that and I just didn't have a copy of the next book, I would be going insane. I wouldn't know what to do. That's so for real. I think I think Catching Fire was the beginning of my playlist making as coping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like tendency. Like I remember Mr. Our English teacher, Mr. Carter, gave it to me, like, loaned me his copy. Mm-hmm. And this was before we were even teaching it. Like, cause, because, yeah, like, some, ugh, our English teacher started teaching it, like, not long after it came out, which was really cool. It was uh, but so cool. When, before that, I started, I was, you know, I just remember, oh, I just remember being in my bed at home and, like, closing the book and throwing it at the wall and crying. Yeah. Like, I probably woke my parents up. It was probably, like, 3 in the morning. I was I was unwell. Yeah. Like, it really, wow. It was definitely, like, one of the first book series that, like, really grabbed me that I was so invested in. And it was, like, one of, like, my yeah. very first, like, I cannot stop thinking about this like, yeah. moment. So I really, honestly, kudos to our English teacher for being like, oh, this is really popular at the time. The kids want to read it. Let's read it. <laughs> Let's go. Game so, changer. It was yeah, great. Absolutely. It was so much fun. Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember wanting Katniss to endure and survive during the Hunger Games yes. uh, so badly. Was there a character you wanted to endure and survive in this episode? <laughs> Sam and Henry. <laughs> <laughs> really, really wanted them to endure and survive. I, I know how the game went. I was like, it's okay if they change it. It'll be fine. They can live in this one. Everything will be okay. Yeah. And they did not change it, which is like, fine, I guess, but ow. Um, yeah. They're just so incredible and both Lamar Johnson who plays Henry and Kevon Woodard who plays Sam were so incredible they were like yeah kudos to the writing for giving us lovable characters and having us fall in love with them like within one episode and then tearing them away and us being like so emotionally broken about it but to have them like just act so well and just like I don't know. There's like the, both of their acting was so good in this episode. Like my like my heart like broke, especially with Sam. He was just so precious to me, and I love that they aged him down a bit. Because in the game, he's around Ellie's age, but in here, he's eight, and he's so mm. much smaller than Ellie. 
Um, which Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann say on uh, their podcast about this, that they did that purposefully so that Sam could be someone who looks up to Ellie, kind of like how Ellie looks up to Joel. And I love that so much for both Sam and Ellie's bond, but also because I feel like this show is constantly reminding me that these are just kids. Like, yeah, yeah, like, you know that Ellie's like a kid, but she's she just kind of like, I think it's easy to forget Um her innocence just because of like the way she acts and like this like um like tougherish persona that she kind of puts on um mm-hmm. to kind of like hide her own little pain but there are so many times while watching this episode I just kept going he's so small because he is mm. he's like he's a baby and he's so innocent and then like Ellie's like innocent way of like being like oh my blood is medicine i'll help you and i'm just like oh baby girl like mm-hmm. that's not how that works but you're 14 you don't know any better <laughs> like yeah it just i really love the emphasis because it just makes it all hurt so much more and i just wanted to protect both of them but especially sam so much which just made the ending of all of this so much more painful yeah i it's really very sad um but also I don't know. There's some the way that I think that the way that the show constantly reminds us that these are kids is important just because I know there were a lot of people that were like weird and angry when Bella Ramsey got casted because it wasn't like a pretty, you know, twenty something that they could like fantasize about. She's and I fourteen. Really the, that Ellie is fourteen. Like, <laughs> that's not who she is. So I'm like literally looking at all of the gamer boys right now and pointing and laughing at you. Um because, like, this is a show about, like, a man and, and his, like, uh, found family daughter. Like, right. Who is very young and is, like, yeah, like, matured by the circumstances around her. But um, that's the extent of that. So mm-hmm. I really, really like that that's an element of this. And I think that we see how, like, Bella just, like embodies that yeah um she deserves all of the awards um and that's why ellie was my uh person that i'm i'm just manifesting and doing and surviving and yeah i'm very happy um that she exists because i think the way she's with sam in this episode is really special made me want to violently sob um also someone's going to need her as a wide receiver tonight because she (laughs) runs she runs she ran (laughs) she was she was dodging the infected left and right like she really she they they need her tonight like if if something goes wrong tonight i'm gonna be like "Hmm." you know bell ramsey probably would have uh (laughs) bell ramsey probably would have won the game anytime there's like a really bad play like bella ramsey wouldn't have done that (laughs) ramsey wouldn't have done that um but yeah uh just wow (laughs) Sorry, um, I'm just, like, picturing with, like, the whole sniper scene, like, Joel's the quarterback and Ellie's the wide receiver. <laughs> it's so, it's so real, though. It's literally what it was like. I remember just thinking that during the episode, I was like, damn, she, she's doing that. Like, she's really dodging him. Um, I'm really killing it. <laughs> so, Caitlin, like, uh-huh. this episode had a lot of highs and a lot of low lows Mm. um what were some of our peaks and valleys for this episode starting with your first peak uh this bit this episode really was like i felt all the emotions because there were so many times where i'm like this is awesome and then you get to the end you're like oh oh i need therapy Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so one of my like my favorite scenes and i cannot wait to watch it again just for the scene alone is the entire sniper sequence was so well coordinated 
Oh my god, it was so good. The set design. I found out on the podcast that they built that whole like cul-de-sac area. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Like the house that the sniper was in. I remember looking at it and being like, Oh my god, I hated this part in the game. It was so hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so difficult. And just like, just how they coordinate everything. Like Joel getting to the house and then <laughs> it was really funny. My dad's like, he got to that way too quick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he should have like died like 20 times that was a whole thing for me it <laughs> was a whole yeah. thing for me why did he get there so good it was so funny um but like, just the set design of all of, i mean the set design of this whole show is incredible but this sequence in general was just there was so much going on uh because mm-hmm. once joel you know takes out the sniper and then um he takes over and has to like you know watch over ellie and henry and sam um and just like help them from his vantage point as much as he can just the coordination of like him up there and then the chaos of when all of the infected came out of the ground i yelled so much because that was just like so insane just seeing them all just like burst out of the ground like that and so scary it was so scary and they're so fast and it was oh my god it was so much and then you got the bloater which is there too oh we so freaking cool and uh it was just so well done and just like there was so much going on in the background like half the time i'm like i wanted to pay attention to ellie but i wanted to see what was happening to this guy in the background like Mm -hmm. just seeing every single person having their own fight with uh infected or a clicker and all these things and like Mm -hmm. the bloater completely ripping perry apart was horrifying (laughs) but it was i'm just like that's what happens (laughs) Um, which was it was terrible but like it as much as I was in awe of that the whole like choreographing of everything I just also really loved that it emphasized the growing bond between Joel and Ellie um Mm -hmm. and like their silent communication with each other as he was able to clear a path for her Mm -hmm. um and like he was he was obviously I think he was just zeroed in on her I don't even think he was paying attention to Henry and Sam but he was so zeroed in on her and then that one moment when she finally gets out of the car um, after mm-hmm. that child clicker comes after her, which was <laughs> terrifying, <laughs> um, but amazing. And um, he, like, she kind of looks up towards him, and obviously they can't really see each other, but, like, it's just the act that she was looking up at him, and she's basically like, you got me. Like, like look, I'm going to go over here, and this is what we're going to do. And he sees what she's looking at, and he's just like, all right, I got you. And he just starts clearing out a whole path for her so she can get to Henry and Sam and help them and also just seeing Ellie take out a couple infected with her knife was great so that just that entire sequence I I want to just like eat up every single behind the scenes fact that I can get out of that scene because it was so cool and so well done yeah I feel like I really like that the show is giving us a lot of insight into creation Mm -hmm. I really appreciate when shows do that yeah because I think it shows how intentional they are like sometimes I see BTS content for a show and it's like oh like so-and-so is like really dark so we made we made it so you couldn't see anything going on on the television screen (laughs) because we are not good at landing our shows we're Marvel by the way um but (laughs) 
like I I don't I love like there's so much like I've been listening to the podcast too and mm-hmm. there's just so much like thought that goes into putting these together and not just that you can tell how excited the creators get about yeah. putting things together They're like oh well for this we did this and I'm like wow I wouldn't have thought of that but I'm also like thanks for sharing that with me yeah like, that's so cool and it's so I think it's so important for younger creators to see that like mm-hmm. the like to see technique like don't gatekeep your technique for a cool show or like a cool shot mm-hmm. you know we live in a world where so, everyone's like oh i'm gonna gatekeep this and i love that like these creators are like oh like this is how we this is how we did it like look you know yeah like, that's cool like look what i did oh i love that you know i feel like that really shows and i feel like we've kind of talked about this on the podcast before but like the difference between making something for profit and making something for the love of it and yeah. where I feel like that's where a lot of like video game adaptions fail because they're clearly just making it be like, oh, well, everybody loves this game. Let's make a movie out of it so we can get people to come see it and make money off of it. But like yeah. not care about any of the actual plot or story or importance to the actual game story in this movie. Mm-hmm. We're just making a fun action movie. Um, yeah. Whereas with this, that's why I was so nervous when they said they were making this into a show. I was like, oh, don't screw it up, please. Cause, yeah. But like, they're so he- like the creators are so heavily involved and clearly care so much about it. And you see that and they're making it for the love of the story, um, not just because they're being handed all of this money for it. So yeah, it's, it's just yeah. great. It's great to see. I mean, I'd do anything for if I was being handed a bunch of money, but I mean, I yeah, think it's <laughs> to do it with heart, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I so speaking of behind the scenes stuff, uh, Craig and I'll talk a little bit uh, about how Sam and Henry are mirrors for Joel and Ellie, and this is something mm-hmm. I mentioned previously, and how when Sam and Henry both die is when Joel is starting to realize that the same very well could have happened and may happen to them because mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to endure without Ellie and the significance she now holds in his life. Scary if true. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and also because that's just not something I want to think about right now. But also I think it's like really great how the creators are thinking so intentionally about how like each individual experience that Joel and Ellie have episode by episode is bringing them closer together and how it's changing their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, this show, obviously, we say this, like, what we, we, we talk about what the show isn't about, that we you think it'd be about, like, zombies. I think this show is also a lot about relationships. Right. And, like, I really, like, love that that's something that Craig and Neil are paying attention to. Sometimes, I think sometimes, this uh, not, to, not to go my sometimes soapbox again, but, like, <laughs> you know, you see a show, I'm going to use, like, Sherlock, for example, mm-hmm. where, like, people get so caught up in, like, oh, like the wee, like the the embellishing of everything that they don't think about the dynamics that each person has with one another. They don't think about the relationship building. And I think that's how like things can go awry in a story when you're not thinking about like what, oh, if if Sherlock was like sad, what would John do? You know, like when, <laughs> yeah. when the creator stopped writing or like writing with that, that thought in mind, when the creator stopped thinking about it, the whole show falls apart and it starts to right. make less sense for continuity purposes. Mm-hmm. So I love that that's something that the creators are thinking so much about is like what happens and how that affects Joel and Ellie. It's not yeah. like, oh, these two people that we just met and bonded with have died. Um, the end. Well, let's go, <laughs> let's go on to the next thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Everything has a consequence. Everything has a consequence and it all, it all uh, pretty heavily affects Joel and Ellie and mm-hmm. impacts their relationship together. So that stuck out to me. What was your second peak? My second peak, kind of going off of uh, the whole relationship thing, is I 
love how we're getting insights to the stories of characters who aren't Ellie and Joel. Like, I love the idea of every person having their own story where they could be the main character. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there is a really great video by Nathan Zed on YouTube. Only watch it if you've if you've played or know about the second game. But he talks a lot about how every character has their own The Last of Us story. And mm-hmm. that was so evident here with Henry and Sam and also with Kathleen. Like, this story could have easily been... Henry and Sam are the main characters that we're following and Joel and Ellie are just people that we meet along our journey or we're following Kathleen and we also want revenge for her brother so bad so of course we're gonna go do whatever it takes to go after Henry like every person thinks that they're the main character Um, and that's what I love about the story of The Last of Us because that's what it's about it's about the people it's about the relationships and the choices they make Mm -hmm. and the consequences that come with them and like Joel and Ellie are just one perspective that we have on this world like yeah they're our main perspective and they're the people that we care about and we latch onto but it's not just them there are so many other people with so many other stories that like would be just as important if we were in their (laughs) shoes and it's just it's just so cool to see (laughs) it's just it's amazing and I just love that we're getting that in the show. And there's a lot of parallels that are like, if you know, you know. <laughs> like, I just, again, with the whole storytelling, like, they're giving us all of these mirrors and we have to just keep looking into them. <laughs> it's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing because, like, <laughs> yeah. like, there are some characters where the, char- where the show is so... There's some shows where the character is so, like, one-dimensionally thought out mm-hmm. that they're, like, NPCs. Meanwhile, yeah. the show has taken NPCs and made them fully-dimensional yeah. characters. Like, Literally. That's a little reverse. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, but literally, though, like, it's crazy. Like, Kathleen could have been an NPC. I mean, like, she probably would have been a little bit more, but, like, the people mm-hmm. that she's surrounded with are NPCs. But, like, yeah. they're people now. It's just, they're people now. It's wild. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, that's, again, it's just, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible writing. Yeah, what yeah. Was, what was your second peak? Uh, I think, speaking of Kathleen, her calling Sam's death fate and mm-hmm. saying that kids die all the time, mm-hmm. which is, like, icky, and, like, tootling out about fate and things coming full circle and then just <laughs> absolutely getting fucking wrecked by a clicker child, like... Isn't it ironic? Like, that's so <laughs> funny. Like, I don't know. That's the best to irony me. I've ever seen played out. So it's like good. such a, like, oh, you hate kids? Well, what if one killed you? What if one killed you? <laughs> like, wow, okay. <laughs> like, you, wow. <laughs> also, like, Catherine's character is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, her as a parallel to everyone else. It is really interesting because Kathleen isn't able to forgive someone giving up her brother and she wields a lot of power in the name of accountability because she thinks it's more effective and gratifying Mm -hmm. than forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out to be kind of her downfall because her apathy toward children kind of puts her in direct line of a a child. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But meanwhile, you know, you have someone like Henry who kills Sam, his own brother, to save Ellie, which says a lot about him and who he really is. Mm -hmm. Um, But he can't wrap his head around that truth and he kills himself because of it, which I'm not saying like, oh, how empathetic of him to do that. But what I'm saying is like, it's just so fascinating to me that she couldn't forgive and like that is what drove her. Mm -hmm. And I think like it's there's probably some underlying message there about the importance of empathy and hard times and like how like 
sometimes wanting to be accountable can like destroy you Mm -hmm. um so oh (laughs) wow (laughs) you know um and it's also interesting because i'm reading this book um about disability futurism right now and Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of conversation about collective care and mutual aid in difficult times and it's like really interesting to think of that in the lens of like an apocalyptic situation and like the people who are doing collective care the people that are like you know making i guess making um trade-offs to help their brothers who are very sick or like doing things that further the wellness of others versus people who are like apathetic and looking for like accountability Mm -hmm. so I just really like that. Like, that's a really cool thing. I, I, I Reading this book in the lens, with the lens of the show has taught me that, like, there is, like, an opportunity everywhere for, like, a little bit of, like, I don't know, tying one, someone's shoe for them or, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, showing them how to use a gun. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> it's great. Big fan. Caitlin, what was your valley for this episode? <sighs> oh, the ending broke me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, who... Who watched that and was okay after? Not me. Mm, Some weird guy. I was hoping to at least get two episodes out of Henry and Sam. Yeah. And this isn't even really like a criticism because I still loved the episode so much. But I was just like, we'll get at least two episodes. And then like the more they just kept like, like once they got to the sniper part, I was like, oh no, this, this is not going to end well because I know how this goes now. (laughs) I was like, we're not getting two episodes. This is it. This sucks. It... This show really is driving home the fact that they're just really good at making you love a character and taking them away immediately, and I hate it. And in parentheses, I'm impressed. (laughs) Like, it's just so good. So good. So good. Yeah, my value was I wanted more time with them, but, you know. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I think... I think I, w- I wonder if I'll look at this show differently once the ep- the season is finished because I definitely agree that right now I think things are moving so fast that yeah. like the pacing I mean the pacing is just like it's not bad like it's definitely like palatable like especially if you're like someone who has like a t- short attention span like me <laughs> but also I do think like I think it's like we're moving so quickly we're getting introduced to these amazing characters and then having them ripped away from us so quickly yeah and i i gotta i wonder if there's a greater purpose to that which is why i'm not being critical of it and i think maybe when i look back i think i'd have to have the full season like Mm -hmm. in my hand wrapped up with a bow at the end and be able to like rewatch it and just watch like to understand that so that's I think that's like an interesting an interesting point. Like I would have really enjoyed seeing more of Sam and Henry too, but and so I guess I find myself wondering if there's like a greater situ- a more abstract reason that things are moving so fast and it could just be that there's so much that happens in the storyline of The Last of Us, but I also just I'm looking forward to seeing why, you know? Yeah, well, see for me like it felt so fast because in the game, you get way more time with them. Because I, I was trying to think, like, as I'm watching the episode, I'm like, am I going to be mad that this is only one episode with Henry and Sam? But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, the only thing that we're really missing are just more, and like, there are so many encounters that you have when you're with Henry and Sam. It's like, there's encounters with infected that you have to get through, and there's a whole bunch of people that you have to fight through. Like, we just, that's all we're really missing. Like, there's a whole sequence in the tunnels where, like, they all get separated from each other, 
and you have to like fight all this infected like that's all we're missing is just more encounters like that and like you don't want to see that all the time like you got to like move the story forward so i i get why they're kind of glossing over some of like the gameplay like that and just giving us like that one big scene at the sniper but at the same time i'm like this feels so fast because i was with sam and henry for at least a couple hours <laughs> like it's crazy mm. but I, it's, it is interesting. interesting to like I don't, like it just it just feels fast because you're missing all of the little things like that i also wonder if like what's missing expands beyond i think i guess what i'm saying is what's missing might even expand beyond the game mm. because i think it's one thing to be like oh the only thing we're missing is x but it's like i guess from my the, the way i'm thinking about this is also like are there things missing that maybe the writers could have included? Are there storylines that the writers maybe wanted, wanted would have wanted to explore more? I'm, mm. you know, that's kind of what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. But I do think, I wonder if, the reason I'm not, like, there's part of me that's just like, dog, I can't do this every week. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, need, I need to have a week where I'm not mourning. Um, <laughs> right. But then I think I also, I'm, I'm very interested to see, like, if there's, like, a greater purpose for that. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's, like, maybe, like, a toward the second half of the season they'll be i'll have like a great understanding of why some of these characters that are like really great are also like maybe not spending a lot of as much time with us as you think they would Mm -hmm. um so i i think that's like a good point um my my valley uh completely non-critical was just like sam and henry's deaths like really hurt me like personally and they were so like a slow sometimes a slow and painful demise is less bad like Mm -hmm. when things happen really quickly and you don't have time to process them sometimes that sucks more and i really felt that with this episode like like we move so so quickly from like oh from little sam just being infected to him attacking ellie to henry killing him Mm -hmm. it is so fast like it is like probably maybe like all this all probably takes place over the the span of like what like a minute or a minute yeah and yeah it just like it's so stunning um so uh i like to applaud the creators of this episode for absolutely uh jarring me mm-hmm. um but yeah i <laughs> like i'm not even i'm complaining but i'm not complaining i'm not like do that last i i guess i'm just like why <laughs> why, why why would you hurt me like this on a saturday morning like, <laughs> why are you so good at <laughs> hurting me yeah. like thank you so much for writing the most heartbreaking scenes ever i love really it not cool i don't want more but also every really time you do it cool. i'm impressed so <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh well maybe to lighten things a little bit um what thing are you well what are you saddest that Joel and Ellie missed because of the apocalypse? Uh, I so I've been two this week. Yeah, the first is the "Don't Worry, Darling" movie premiere, um, <laughs> and namely the Chris Pine meme and Harry yeah. saying, "What I love about this movie is it feels like it's a movie," like a movie. <laughs> and because Ellie would have mean that, mm-hmm. and I think she would have been really into that. I think she would have. I I think that Ellie. I think she a would have memed that. Yeah. And B would have somehow ended up at Barrier at Love on Tour and would have punched a girl. 
Yeah. I think I just see both things for her. Like, I think she could maybe be like a, like, not like a, I don't want to say like a closeted Harry fan, but I think she's just chill about it. Yeah. But if she, she by some strange chance ended up at Barrier, I think she'd probably take out one of the girls that goes to every fucking show for some reason. Oh, because 100%. Because I think their parents probably have money in the Caymans. Um, <laughs> I also realized we haven't been doing a lot of these for Joel. I think it's kind of because I, maybe we just, I think there's just like, when we think about pop culture, it's weird to think about Joel in relation to pop culture because he just seems like this grumpy older man that yeah. wouldn't do like be interested in that. Um, but I'm going to say that when Neil Young and Jody Mitchell took their music off Spotify in protest of Joel Rogan, mm. Joe Rogan, <laughs> Joel, um, Rogan. Joel Rogan, Joel Rogan, um, I think Joel pro- would have probably switched to Apple Music and Solidarity. And if Joel ever saw Joe Rogan in a Wawa, he would strike him down with his fist. <laughs> Yeah, I think both mother, father, and daughter are capable of of um, violence beyond yeah. it. Ju- just without there being an apocalypse. So yeah, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. How about you? What was yours? Um. Again, we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, so I'm just thinking about that and then halftime mm. shows. So I said Lady Gaga's halftime show. Because, I don't know, man, Ugh. that was definitely one of the best Super Bowl halftime shows I've seen so far in my life. Stephanie. And I think it would have been a shame if that never happened. Not even the Stephanie. fact that, like, Ellie would appreciate it, just for the fact that I'm sad that it wouldn't have happened. Like, Stephanie. to live in a world where that didn't happen, sad. Uh, Horrifying. I remember we were in my college dorm, and when she was up on top of the building, and then she, like, jumped <sighs> down in her little, like, hole under the wiring, I, like, gasped. I was like, Wow. <laughs> The breath support? Like, shut up. (laughs) Incredible. Stephanie. I think about that halftime performance often. Um, We'll probably rewatch it uh, later today after recording just to prepare myself. It's great. I think it's great. One of the best. Top 10. So, Caitlin, on a scale of uh, one to five times you just audibly gasped this episode, what would you rate it? I, despite the pain... I really do have to continue to give this a five out of five because the storytelling is so well done. There were so many parallels to both the ending of game one and the story of game two, the attention to detail and all of the set design, the raw emotions. It freaking hurt so much, but I have to give it all of the kudos to the writers and the actors because this really is one of the best shows I have seen in so long, (laughs) like all, all across the board, writing, design production all acting everything so good five out of five yeah i think the show is probably notoriously going to be one of the one of these shows you know i feel like mm-hmm. there's a show canon where like you put like the sopranos and like game of thrones and like all of the shows that have been good ironic they've all come from hbo yeah anyway <laughs> yeah. um but like i think this is probably gonna be one of those shows it hurt me <laughs> it hurt me yeah. this series this hurt that hurt ow I'm hurting. I'm in pain. <laughs> but I would also give this episode a five out of five. It made me feel a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> a lot yep. of things. I will not elaborate on because uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna save them for my therapist. But wow. great episode. They're Holy killing shit. it, and they're killing us, <laughs> and they're killing um, all the characters. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> they love killing. They love to kill. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Lit by Moonlight. Uh, we loved having you with us. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. this group therapy sesh. Um, 
tune in next week when we review episode six of The Last of Us called Ken. Yeah, nothing bad's going to happen at the end of that one. Yeah, I wonder if it has to do with family. Nothing. <laughs> nothing bad's going to happen. Mm-mm. Nothing at all. <laughs>